Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. Little bit of quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrick. Michael Amphlett enjoying a well-earned day off. And Sidge, blood and guts is finally here. It is. It is. I'm as apprehensive as I am excited. Yeah. Can I just talk for like what might end up being 10 minutes. Yeah, we've got some uh, nice emails from people, so don't, don't let me forget them, but absolutely fill your boots on uh, Blood and Guts 3. Blood yeah. and Guts 3, hopefully it's third time lucky, because yeah. I was not a particularly big fan of the two previous iterations. Um, got a lot of thoughts here, so I'm trying to... I'm going to go a bit mm, apprehensive, and then I'll get excited. Yeah, okay. That's the best order, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I think... As a match concept, AEW's approach to the War Games match is fundamentally flawed in more than one way, and it can't possibly live up to the expectations set when that gimmick match was first teased on all the way back on episode six of Dynamite. Jeez. Um, when Cody said that one day the Elite will come together and beat the Inner Circle, and it will be a match beyond. They said that in the full gear 2019 Dynamite Go Home. They eventually booked and booked and continued the story. And they kind of tapered off before the blow-off, but then the blow-off was going to happen. Obviously, it friggin' didn't. So Blood and Guts had this mythology surrounding it of it, the great lost AEW match. Then it had this sort of deeper mythology of, oh, it's the match that symbolizes that we are nearing the end of the pandemic because the whole reason why the original one was cancelled was obviously because it was just entering the Daily's place, Mm -hmm. empty arena, closed set, whatever. And the idea was, Tony Khan said, it's too big a match to waste in front of no fans. Mm -hmm. We just can't do it. They instead did Stadium Stampede, which everyone agrees is way better for the tone of the times. So when they eventually did the first Blood and Guts, it was in front of like 2,000, still distanced, at dailies, but it was nonetheless the, we are going back to full crowds very soon. Mm-hmm. Here's like a little treat before we do that. So it felt like in every which way, the most promising match ever, mm-hmm. like promising was the word that describes it across many different areas. When it eventually happened for 20 minutes, it was fantastic. They modernized. It had this great tone. There was obviously blood, which differentiated it from the WWE version. Like the tone, like people getting stabbed in the head with forks. <laughs> like they nailed it. They did that awesome springboard Spanish fly with them, um, Spears and Guevara. And generally for 20 minutes, it was right there nailing this and I'm loving it. And then it went sports entertainment extreme. Jericho took an eternity to climb up that cage. <laughs> the bump was really well done on his part. It was a bit, you know, obviously Max was going to throw him off regardless. So the inner circle looked a little bit idiotic. And then they printed bits of metal effect. Oh, God. It looked like a steel step printout on cardboard. 
if they just filmed it in a different way, it might not have looked horrendous, but obviously they filmed it in the way that they filmed it. And it was generally, at the time, I think I bargained for its quality because I enjoyed a lot of what went into it. And then time has been even less kind to that match. Fast forward to 2022, and it's a lot better, but in a weird kind of good problem to have, They'd already done Anarchy in the Arena, and that, quite frankly, was better than Blood and Guts as a step. It just is. I agree. So when they did Blood and Guts, it was like, oh, it's not as good as Anarchy in the Arena, this. And it was flabby. There were some really cool moments in it, but it was flabby. It was very long. And again, it was so contrived, the Sammy Guevara leap off the cage. And again, I'm not burying him for doing that bump. He nailed it. Mm. He looked like he'd just been... Like, killed. Yes. That table looked extra big. <laughs> the ringside table looked extra big. And for a match where you're bleeding buckets for the cause, you're taking so much more punishment than you would in a normal match. And they got so much of it right. Only for you to look at that table throughout and think, well, I'm just waiting for the cage door to open because that is unnaturally big because there's enough tables there to cushion the inevitable fall that I'm just kind of waiting for. Yeah. And it sucks because... It's just contrived in the extreme. Yeah, the, the the sort of very snippety recap of Blood and Guts on the control center made me think, was last year's goated? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. There were elements of it flashes, that were great. There were flashes in there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem with Blood and Guts. It's only ever been in flashes. An additional problem away from the specific way they've laid out those matches over the past two years is that fundamentally I think it's flawed. So the idea when they said, no, Two rings, one big cage, and we're going to put a friggin' roof on it. The idea of the roof, which Triple H obviously removed because he wanted them to do big, huge Daredevil high spots. The idea of the roof in AEW more or less promised a return to, you're not going to get contrived high spots. You're not necessarily going to get a surplus of different weapons in the match. We are treating this as an old school. It'll get modernized. You watch the War Games matches. They do very little but punch each other in the face and throw each other off the mesh. And it was cool for the time, but it wouldn't work now. The idea of the roof was like, well, I thought they were going to modernize it to an extent, do some spectacular stuff within the structure, but keep it minimalist and mm. understated and try. The tone is the most important thing. And yet... Despite having the roof, there are, like, NXT-style, a million different weapons in there. Like, a million <laughs> different weapons. And it's like, why is this even in a cage? Mm. Like, why is it even in a cage? I promise I'm going to be in a good mood about this shortly. Honestly, I'm really hyped about this one. Um, why is it in a cage if you're not going to treat the cage as a weapon unto itself? Yeah. That's surely the point. And on the cage as a weapon unto itself, someone came up with a really good point. It was on Twitter, and it was last year, where... I said, I don't want to be too pedantic about blood and guts, but, and then someone quote tweeted that saying, Sidgwick doesn't want to be pedantic about blood and guts. Sidgwick literally complains about two inches of space. It's like, right, okay. I don't like how the cage that surrounds the ring is like about a foot apart from the ring. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds so minor, right? If it was Hell in a Cell, yeah, sized space between the cage wall and the apron. That's great. That's opportunity. That is a place where you can go on the outside, like do monkey flips into the mesh, yeah. um, sort of maybe do like a, a, a jumping kick off the mesh. I do anything in that space. If the cage is right next to the ropes, you can do those inordinately satisfying, grab you by the back of the trunks and just, woo, there you go, yeah. face first. What happens, because there's either, there's, there's too little space. Neither now nor summit. Neither now nor summit. <laughs> when they take those bumps into the mesh, because they're quite dangerous and you've got nowhere to land, they kind of crumple into it and coil into it and it's just not that pleasing cage bump. Yeah. So it's just, I wish they'd redesign the structure. And more importantly, I wish they'd work out what they want. Do they want, and again, it's either an out or something, do they want pure animosity 
in a stripped back tone of just ultra violence where the emotion matters more than the stunts or do they want just a crazy plunder brawl in which case get rid of the roof and just go mental get, go <laughs> yeah. absolutely mental and have Kota Ibushi do a moonsault off it you know what I mean yeah all of that said the, the, the precedent for the last two Blood and Guts matches I don't think a single soul would put either Blood and Guts match in like the top five Dynamite TV matches ever no and that's wrong for me when you know the promise that's inherent to it. I'll let you talk at some point, Wilborn. I'm sorry. It's fine. However, I've now recalibrated my expectations for Blood and Guts. Mm-hmm. I no longer anticipate it being a slightly modernized update of these hate-fueled classics where there was few, if any, additional weapons in the mix. Because I expect an excessive amount of weapons... I no longer take it seriously as this, I need to kill whoever I'm in the ring mm-hmm. with. I instead, I'm going to treat it as, I'm going to do a really cool spot with whoever I'm in the ring with. Given that it can only, because it can't help itself, but be this maximalist, stunt-heavy bit of, well, long bit of work, this is the best possible dynamic for what the new War Games match is. Yeah. If you're not going to go for pure animosity, brawl heavy war games, and if you're going to go spectacular, I cannot think of a single dynamic better than Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Young Bucks, Hangman Page, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Pac, and Kanosuke Takeshita. This, I'm so hesitant to say this, it surely is can't fail. Mm. It's absolutely surely can't fail. Um, if you'd have had Jericho in there, I'd, I'd argue you'd have a weak link yes. in that chain. But as much as I'm gutted that Danielson's not in it, Pack is a more than worthy replacement. Of course. I want to see just a ridiculous 40 to 45 minute, hopefully 40. I don't want it to miss its peak. Um, a 40 minute ultra-violent, impossibly spectacular thrill ride where Nick Jackson did a bit of this because I think the Young Bucks worked a match against... Did they do Bishamon on the Royal Rampage? I know that Nick Jack... I know the Young Bucks had a match with a two-ring setup last year because Nick Jackson was doing his rope stuff between the two rings and it looked awesome. I want Nick Jackson to do that. I want them to redo the um, discus lariat Takeshita line counter, except Takeshita's clearing both sets of ropes. I want Kenny Omega to do a diving knee trigger over both, uh, V trigger over both sets of ropes. Yeah. I want this to be utterly spectacular carnage. If you're going to do a spot first, these are the guys involved. There's obviously so much story here, um, like a ridiculous abundance of story, so I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just saying make use of the wrestlers you have in the match and build the match around those wrestlers. Um, I've got a few fantasy booking spots as well. It was Bishamon, by the way. Yes. On the Royal Rampage. Yeah, go on. Um, I want to see... Well, did you watch the Control Center? Yes. The Elite, go and watch it. It's pretty cool. Um, the Elite cut uh, promo that I suspect was filmed last week, um, in which they say what they're going to do and how they're going to win and all the rest of it um, at Blood and Guts tonight. They said, well, Kenny Omega said, John Moxley, you know, Matt Jackson says, I hit you with an explosive sneaker. I tried to burn your face I off. I tried to burn your face off. Kenny Omega says, you might have got skewers putting your head in Japan. But you've got, you don't know what's coming next yes. after that. Yeah. What we do is going to have nothing on that. Is it too insane, Wilborn, to suggest, particularly given how this feud has unfolded, a screwdriver board? <laughs> you see, insert weapon boards in yeah. death matches all the time. John Moxie loves a death match. Kenny Omega loves a death match. Um... Is it possible or is it too risky? I've seen things, worse things put on boards, yeah. um, and they will not go that far. Could you? Do, you couldn't do a flat back, no, on it. You could possibly do an incredibly 
carefully execute a dead eye. So it looks like he's been driven skull first onto it, but instead he just stops short and yeah. you just get a little bit of it. That's possibly too ridiculous, but that's that promo invites me to think of ridiculous things that they are going to do in this match. So that's one thing they could potentially do. Given that there's massive law, pre-existing law, in fact, one of the whole reasons why the Elite Saga has unfolded as it has in AEW is the nucleus of the tension within the Elite has always been between Matt Jackson and Hangman Page. And the whole rift has started from there. What if Hangman Page has got Moxley by the arms, going to hold him back for the super kick from Matt Jackson, Mox ducks, Matt Jackson does the explosive sneaker in Hangman Page's face. If they insist on continuing this thing with the hung books, which has existed from day one, I personally, after this, would just calm down on the elite stuff. Mm -hmm. They are not going to do this, but if they are going to insist on advancing the story, that's one way of getting around it. Now that I'm here, before I go on to the next fantasy book and spot, and I'll let you talk, do you know what my fantasy book and idea was for the original Blood and Guts match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. I feel like you must have mentioned it, I but must have mentioned me. it before, but now that's just come to me, right? The whole idea was it was Nick and Kenny were like, oh, we still want to be mates. It's fine that we're in a match. We'll have a sportsman-like match at Revolution. And then they had like a, an exhibition series yeah, of yeah, moves yeah. at the start of that match, fist bump and all the rest of it. Then Matt and Hangman started wailing <laughs> on each other. But then they were expected to team together in Blood and Guts, which is going to happen two weeks after Revolution until everything went wrong. Ugh. Because it was it's submit or surrender, I thought that they were going to reach this point in the match where Jericho was going to have Hangman Page in the Lion Tamer, and then Matt Jackson was going to go to superkick Jericho to break it up before realizing, do I want to do this, or do I hate that man so much that... I'd rather him endure that pain. Ooh. And then just as, he's, just as he's about to go, no, okay, I'm going to super kick Jericho. Hangman taps or like, slips into unconsciousness. Wow. That was my fantasy book and finish. Kota Ibushi, who, by the way, his presence in this match terrifies me. Yes. Absolutely terrifies me. His One of his best bits is when he gets like drilled with some move or other and then he just does that rolling back bump to his fitness goes no. And he's just temporarily enters his fugue state <laughs> yeah. and just no sells it. And then you try and punch him. He's so good at just not moving. That's because sometimes I think he can just act like he doesn't exist because <laughs> there is, in fact, sometimes no brain in the man's head. And then when he starts punching people in this state, it's the most electrifying thing of all time. I want him to enter this no-cell-fugue state when John Moxley tries to get him with the screwdriver. Wow. I just think that would be the coolest thing. I want to see really cool sick shit in this match, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And I want Ibushi to be the last man in the match. As much as I'd like to see him for 40 minutes, mm. I think the story dictates, and his physical condition dictates, that he should be the last guy to enter when Kenny Omega is the fourth guy in or the third guy in or whatever, and he's getting his ass kicked, screwdriver, Ibushi comes out, and then that's when that sequence unfolds. At this point, right, I don't care who wins because I don't think they've told a strong enough story throughout no. this program. No. I've said a million times, the BCC or CM Punk surrogates saying the things he said about the elite, and it just hasn't worked. I don't take it anywhere near as seriously coming out of Moxley or Daniel uh, Brian Danielson's no. mouth. So that's the thing. My level of emotional investment is way lower than I'd want it to be. And that's why I think they should just go absolutely hog wild and focus on how spectacular this could be. Um, the very best version of this match is the best TV match of all time. But because of the precedent involved in this gimmick and I just, I'm tempering my expectations mm. for it. Um, there's something else I wanted to say, and it escapes me right now. There's only a few more things that this could go wrong. And this, this first one sounds ridiculous, but what if they decide to put triangular wheels on this car and have the faces get the advantage? It makes no sense. 
And you'd think the old AEW would know, well, we're bringing War Games match mm-hmm. back and the heels have to have the advantage. First thing you always say whenever we get around to War Games. Yeah. Increasingly, the AEW-WWE comparisons and parallels are becoming like a little bit of a problem for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So I hope that isn't the case. If it is, you'd like to think Mox would just say, that's stupid. <laughs> we're not doing that. It's stupid. Um, that's maybe WWE brain mm-hmm. um, speaking. But that's how my stupid brain works. I get um, worried about things I should be excited about. <laughs> yeah. um, the only other concern, realistically, there's two more. One, it just goes long for the sake of it. Mm. And there's a West Side Story spot. And it just sort of wanders arrogantly into the, the, the cliched genre trappings of the match. The last one is that Chris Jericho and Don Callis have been associated on screen for a reason. If that friggin' cage door gets opened and Jericho forms the Don Callis family, it would have to be one incredible-looking stable for me to not get cross at the idea of the door opening again. Or the Dark Order. Or the Dark Order, or both, because more is more in AEW. Will Bourne, am I being too pessimistic about, look at this match graphic, how could I possibly be this much of a dick? Yeah, I saw Hamlet's, uh, Hamlet's yeah. this can't fail tweet this morning, and, and I'm inclined to agree with, with both of you on this. Yeah, I, I don't feel the same visceral, like, like you say, when we were in the dark times, and we lost that match, the build-up to that match, I was like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think I may have to break my own rule and legitimately stay up and watch this the live. The hype was unreal. Oh, it was insane. I don't feel it for this, but I also sit there and go, eh, eh. And then I look at that graphic and I go, oh, yeah. And I think of, I, I, I'm not going to fantasy book too many spots in this match because you've done great and they're going to outdo whatever I come up with. The only things I've thought of so far... Because this is probably one of the first, it won't be live live, but if, you know, effectively an hour or two afterwards. This is going to be one of my first exposures to a, a live, uh, unspoiled Kota Ibushi match. Yeah. Because the amount of times I've been told by yourself or uh, Sid, or, uh, sorry, by Hamlet or, or Andy or whoever, you need to watch this Kota Because I don't watch New Japan. He's and, incredible. Yeah. I've seen obviously bits on the internet and what have you, but I'm so fascinated to see that. I love, I love the idea of a moment where... Everyone pairs off. <laughs> so Kenny and Pac pair off. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshita and Hangman Page pair off. The Bucks pair off with Moxley and Claudio. Yuta turns around and he's like, oh, oh yeah, I love that. Oh, no, I'm not the hard guy I pretend to be. I am, because I've bled and that was awesome and all that. But there's levels to this game, and I'm not at that level. And I also like the idea, although I think I agree, so this is probably not going to happen, that, that Kota should be the last person in there. I also like the idea of Kenny Omega coming in, and in one ring, uh, let's say Pac has Kota Ibushi in his... Is it Brutalizer? I want to say Rings of Saturn. His, Brutalizer. Yeah, his Brutalizer. He's got Kota Ibushi in that. And in the other Pac ring... Pac and Ibushi wrestling, man. Oh, my God. And in the other ring, let's say... Moxley's just for the last minute has been doing the hammer and anvil elbows on Hangman Page. I like that. Right, obviously, I'd probably lean towards Kota Ibushi, but me and Hangman, me, me, Kenny Omega, and Handman have been through so much. Who am I going to save first? I would like to save both of them. I don't know what the books are doing whilst all this is going on, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because I think Kota's going to be in there. And like you say, I'm more concerned about what might happen than what won't happen. I, all I wrote down in my notes was. I don't really mind who wins the same as you. And I just wrote, Jericho slash Dark Order interference, no. Yeah. I just need that not to happen at all. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! She won't be in it. Every cloud. Who starts... Ooh. Oh, who do I want to start? What makes more storyline sense to start? I think, with all due respect to Moxley, right, when the really spectacular stuff inevitably happens, like, he's going to bump for it, and he's over as hell, but 
maybe he's better off to establish the tone. Mm. The all-important... Blood crucial. already all over the ring before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe he's um, crucial in establishing like the animosity element and the brawl element, and then it can sort of... Because if you're going to... They're going to go along here. Yeah. Even if a women's match gets added, which we're probably going to try and guess. We're going to try and will into existence, Yes, I think. because it should happen. Yeah. That would still leave pretty much an hour yeah. for the full presentation, including entrances and what I dread being a post-match angle. Um, it will have to, like like any match basically, but particularly a long one, like intensify mm -hmm. and change sort of stylistically throughout to keep the audience engaged. Um, so maybe it's a good idea to put Mox in there and have a big sort of brawl and the best opponent for him out of those five is Hanger. Mm. Considering he has those, the Mox Hangman matches were better than any of the Mox Kenny matches for me which is mad considering Kenny's my all-time favorite, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I just think that's how it all started. So if it starts that way again, that makes the most sense. Selfishly, I haven't seen anywhere near enough of Hangman and Claudio. Good point, If yeah. Claudio wasn't the ROH champion, who Tony Khan, for obvious reasons, even though they're pointless, doesn't want to beat, I think we might have seen Hangman and Claudio on TV. Or Kenny versus Claudio, if that and bought ROH, I reckon he could have had Claudio lose to Kenny and or Hangman, and it's like, does it matter? Mm. It's Kenny and Hangman. You don't really take them seriously. I mean, you don't take a loss to them seriously because most people do lose. So I'd selfishly like to see Claudio and Hangman go at it, but I think Hangman and Mox is the play. I think it might be Pac and Omega to open. I think, I'd love to see Omega go the distance in a match like this. Yeah, I, yeah He's they, got the most stamina. But is uh, did you watch the Vikingo match? No, the Vikingo match. I didn't take that into account. That's a good point. Yeah, so he's already worked a Vikingo match where, of course, he's dropped himself on his head on near enough to <laughs> it. Um, he doesn't look what I would describe remotely in rough shape, but he looks different to what he did even in the Omega mm. and the Osprey match in January. So, hey. He can work a sprint if he still wants to really do it. So maybe he can do a sprint and a marathon, a match within a match, and then go the distance. Let's see what the let's see what the uh, random generator comes up with. Okay, okay. From the Golden Elite, it will be Hangman Page. Yeah. And from the BCC and Friends, it will be <laughs> Wheelie Utah. Fantastic. That's quite good fun. Utah has got the hamstring injury though. Oh, yeah. So maybe he'll come in. It'd be really good if he comes in. It makes sense from a character perspective for him to come in fifth, not just because of your great idea with the Ibushi, oh, Christ, <laughs> moment, but the little dickhead scavenger who can beat up all the bloody elite and think he's responsible for it, and then you bring out Ibushi. I'll put him in fifth for, like, practical and narrative reasons. It's not set, is it? It's just whoever you want to send out next. Yeah, they don't set it in I advance. I would like a visual of, like, Pat going to go out the door and Wheeler you stopping him and going, don't worry, I got this. And yeah, then, like, I do and like And then, like, Mox be like, don't be an idiot. I yeah, got yeah, this. Yeah. But, yeah, really excited. Six-star ceiling. Four-and-a-half-star when it's flabby and Jericho gets in the way. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's talk about the rest of this show, though, because there is uh, other great things to look forward to. I don't know which way you're going to go with this. Let's talk about the Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament Final. It is the weird new best friends combo of MJF and Adam Cole versus two guys who I thought got a brilliant promo on the control center in Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Really made me believe how passionate they are for this. But who you got? Well, that's the thing. It's pretty uh, genius, this idea. And it's weird, like, you go online and you've got the usual contrarians who can't admit something's fun. And even they are like, oh, it's a fun mid-card act, but don't know why the title's involved. That's their way of saying it's pretty objectively great, this, and the fans love it, and it's really over. And they've got a really good house. Um, They're nearing 9,000, which for a TV show is pretty awesome. And for Boston, it's a wicked pisser. Wicked pisser in 2023, a wicked pisser. Um. I'm certain they've added at least an extra third on the announcement of what the actual Bud and Guts match looked like. It's shifted tickets out the goddamn ass. <laughs> and these crowds, even if they're tiny and otherwise like lower volume than normal, have nonetheless went mad for this MGF Cold stuff. It feels like massive. Like everyone's engaged. So 9,000 people being as into it or more into it as the 3,000. This could be like deafening. Yeah. Um, and the genius bit is, you know, at some point that it's going to fall apart and the team is going to disband and it's going to um, all build to MJF Cool 2. The question is when? And this is as good a time as any. Or is it? People have said you could do this for ages. You kind of do this for weeks on end, maybe even months. That's how I'm much potential. Near. I'm nowhere near sick of this. Um, but yet, is that not the best time to do it? Yeah. When you have MGF, who is a heel deep in his bones, uh, wouldn't it be the most MGF thing to do, the most effective thing to do, for him to turn on coal just when people are really loving this the most? But the thing is, they're so talented and funny and great together that they could do four weeks of great material and then just intensify that feeling of, oh, why did he do that for? Yeah. It was really good. They could do this at any time. Um, that's the inherent drama in this storyline. And as a result, I'm going to buy on buy on every single near fall mm-hmm. from Garcia and Guevara, knowing that when they lose, Max is just going to low blow them or hit him with a ring, or whatever. So it's an unpredictable match. Surely it has to go to FTR. Yeah. At at the very least. I think they should win this, yeah. Um, So they win this. I still don't necessarily 100% believe they will, which is great. Um, Double clothesline happens tonight. You reckon so? Double clothesline has to happen tonight, and it has to lead to the finish, because when they do it to FTR, you think that's the finish. Like, they're b- point, building, yeah. building, 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 building. Um, it's going to be really over. Um, and the best thing is, they've been really stripped back in their matches so far. The first one was an abdominal stretch festival. Like, <laughs> yes. very little else happened. In the, in the next one, they bumped, and they just did body slams. Um, but always very minimal, understated at the right times. So if this gets 50 minutes of great back and forth because of the fact that they've never explored their double teams yet. Uh, this could be, like, house show fun and incredible back-and-forth TV match and really loud and over at the exact same time. Basically, there's a massive, massive ceiling on this match as well. Yeah, I agree. When would you do everything? No, I think you're right. I think you've spelled it out there. You need to establish it so that you don't want them to hit it and then that not be the successful way of them winning a match. You don't want them to hit it against FTR and then FTR still kick out. You can have that happen after they've done it once. Yeah. But you need to establish it as like, oh, that's their their kill shot, arguably. The only other thing I'd, I want is MJF uh, doing Daniel Garcia's dance and then doing the wanker symbol. Indeed. That's just all I want in there. But yeah, I... I, I I was going to ask because I was I was going to put a uh, good bruise bet on it. The uh, guys who make the delicious coffee that powers the What Culture Wrestling podcast, but we agree, so yeah. <laughs> it's kind of pointless. MJF and Adam Cole to win, and 
sod it. Do the full... Have them win and have Max be like, you know what we should do? Get up on my shoulders, Adam, right? Which obviously all the connotations that has. Adam Cole be like, no, no, no. You get on my shoulders. And he's like, he's still, he's strong. He's yeah. like, what the, kind of, kind of, kind of scared of him now because he's yeah. like, did all the push-up stuff the other week and da, da, da. And the connotations that come with it. Yeah, sorry, uh, Guevara and Gossi. I loved you. I think they'd I be, love you. They'd be, they're great runners-up, which is an incredibly backhanded compliment. Uh, before we move on to uh, another match to look forward to tonight, I want to read you this email that I got from one David Esposito. You'll remember him. Yes. David writes, Hello to Adam and the Dadly Boys. Thank you so much for supporting my wife when she ran the Boston Marathon this year uh, and for always being gracious and sweet every time I send a message on your live reaction streams. You're more than welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for getting involved in all this stuff. Um, my youngest son and I... We'll be front row tomorrow night, well, now tonight, for Blood and Guts in Boston, brackets, Wicked Pisser. Wicked Pisser. I've never sat close for a wrestling show. What first one to yeah. do that for, by the way. Uh, but a good financial year meant a nice bonus, and I figured I'd splurge for a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Quite right. Treat yourself, Dave. Yeah. My question for you and the Dadleys, if you could have ringside seats for any wrestling show over the last 10 years, which show would you choose? Be on the lookout during Dynamite for a guy who looks like Claudio Castagnoli on the front row, blatantly ignoring the needs and pleas of the 10-year-old child stood next to him. Uh, love you all. Thanks for everything. Congrats again on the new bay. Thanks, David. Uh, it won't be long until the Dadleys compete for the trio's titles, despite Hamlet's reservations. Cheers and much love, David Esposito. What a show then? Do you know what I thought when I first read this? My mind immediately went, Probably money in the bank, and then I realised that's 2011. That's more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Jesus Christ! 12 years, 11 years, 12 years 12 ago. 12 years, yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, the I'll do a boring answer, the obvious, actual answer, and then I'll get a bit more creative for the second honourable mention. All our 2021. Yeah, that was the uh, WrestleMania 17 in the best and worst ways because it was like they never topped that. And never, they've done awesome stuff since, but they've never really topped it. Um, it was just total magic. It was everything that promote. Like, I've described AEW at its best as like a masterpiece factory. It's impossible how they had a production line of such greatness. Mm -hmm. And All Out 2021 was just a conveyor belt of, how are you mass producing this much great stuff? You should be able to do this once a year, let alone multiple times for a freaking mm -hmm. show. And Alt or Omega Ricardo 4. Yeah. Um, the less obvious choice would probably have to be... Um, ah, let's go with them too. Why not go for the best? Yeah. All our 2021's a shout. I'd probably go for a show that you were at. WrestleMania 30. Like, say you were there when the streak ended. Say you were there when that, that reaction happened in yeah. New Orleans for... for Daniel Bryan as it was then. Like, I, I, I think, you know, I'd, ne I'd never been to WrestleMania until we went at 35. Yeah. Um, and I think if I'd have gone to that one, I'd have probably suffered through some dodgy ones in the interim till yeah. 35. But yeah, all out 2021s is probably right up there. And I'm, I have to say, you and I probably switched places as well. You might want to go to the first double or nothing. I was lucky enough to go there yeah, to, to cover yeah. that and... Yeah, to be there for Cody Rhodes and <laughs> Dustin. I'll never forget going, that face paint's coming off Dustin pretty. He must be sweating quite a lot. Oh, no. No, yeah, no, yeah. no that's, his, that's his blood. Yeah. And then, obviously, Mox has arrived at the end going, something special's happening here. Yeah. And we already knew that prior to that, but still. I watched that in the old What Culture office live on a night shift with Hamlet, and he hated it. Did he? He's not a big blood guy. Oh, uh, Okay. I think you'll make an exception if this hits its peak. Yeah. Yeah, he will be back to review he's this weird, tomorrow. He's weird pamphlet, man. <laughs> like, he's not a big, big blood guy, but he adores John Moxley more so than most wrestlers. Maybe he's just toughened up in the, in the interim years. <laughs> um, Hook versus Jack Perry for the FTW title may have been slightly spoiled by if me. You, <laughs> if you follow at M. Sidgwick on Twitter, because I think you've nailed this. I'm surprised this tweet caught on as much as it did. Quarter one. <laughs> uh, wait there, who am I? Chris Warren. Uh, wait there. So I tweeted um, on Monday, I think it was, or yesterday, earlier this week. 
Wait for it to load up. Big chaos. Could be. So I did a match graphic, Hook versus Perry. This has Jack Perry debuts a new heater written all over it, and that got 1618 likes, 54 replies, 90... Um, how many quote tweets, actually? Um, 30 quote tweets yeah. about people guessing who that heater will be. Because if you think about it, Jack Perry is absolutely not losing his first match as a heel. It's Ooh. senseless. That isn't happening. Hook is undefeated, and they've loved to protect him, and it makes no sense for Perry to beat him clean when that's not the character he's playing. I would like to see heels beat faces clean with a little bit more creativity in AEW, but if, realistically, if you look at the character he's playing and how he's been running away, it just makes no sense in the parameters of the storyline. So I think Jack Perry is going to debut a new heater who is going to interfere in this match and... Look, I'm not being funny. Maybe I'm hypocritical here. If you're going to, and I hate how ironic this word is usually, protect someone in defeat, it's this hook character who just doesn't lose. Um, Have I seen this heater before? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's drenched. Well, loads of people replied, it's drenching it. Oh, it should be drenched. And I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't think it's going to be drenched. No. Um, I could be drenched. I hope not. I think they've they should have realized that you know what? You don't have to gobble up everyone, particularly when you've got world class talent who gets cycled in and out of storylines too much for my liking. He can go on the indies or something. If he really wants it, he can make something of himself. And you know, if he goes to WWE first, you've got about eighty hundred friggin' wrestlers. Yeah, he's he's been he's been there and he was Harland. Yes. And they let him go, so he's not gonna rush back there anytime soon. Yeah. So I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's them too. Big Bill has been mooted as a possibility for my invented scenario, which yeah. we should again stress it's an it's an invented scenario. Big show. Paul White. Paul White. <laughs> Mark Henry. Get him get him doing summer. I don't need to get the friggin' money's worth out of them two, oh, bloody well, it's better than a heater, two heaters. Yeah. Oh god. I'd, I'd rather they didn't to be fair. Yeah. Um God, if he does if like <laughs> It's the ropes and he gets hit with a KO. Yeah, I'm just going to the Fed now. Um, a potential Jurassic Express reunion has also been floated for this. Yeah. Again, invented scenario, but people have made the point where it's not just, I'm a bad guy now, and you're a bad guy. Let's just be bad guys together, like you said the most. It would, they'd have to take more care and attention if they're going to reunite of all former rivals, I think Christian Cage and Jack Perry, considering what was said between the two, a bit more work than, oh, I'm a heel now, so I forgive you. I'd love to see Christian Cage say I'm a double champion in AEW despite holding neither championship. But uh, yeah, it, it, you have to be very careful here because otherwise you're basically saying Jack Perry going, yeah, my mommy's a bit of a, a nightmare, you know, and I, I didn't care that much for my dad. It's like, there's turning heel and yeah. then there's just completely negating everything that built up for the last four, three, four years or whatever it was. Given the potential this man showed in 2021, a go-go could be brought back. Oh, my God. In this one. Like, do something with him. This guy got really, really over. Like, really over. And he um, captivated a lot of people with those promos. And then it just obviously didn't go the way anyone wanted. But don't lose faith in him. There's obviously something there. Failing that... We could get the debut in this invented scenario of EJ Nduka. I've probably really um, butchered that. I apologize. Now, if you're unaware... Oh, I've just Googled him. He's an absolute monster with a ridiculous, ridiculous physique. He's six foot eight inches. Bloody hell. He's built like an absolute brick f***ing sh house yep he is um like a former athlete muscle man bodybuilder um he went to wwe and nxt in 2018 didn't really work out for him he was um, ezra judge in ezra WWE. judge and then he sort of reinvented himself in mlw um across the last two years to like a not inconsiderable level of like oh, you know what he's got something here and if he's willing to like What's the, what's the phrase? Muck it? Yeah. 
muck, like not muck it, not muck about, but like go in the muck. Yeah. MLW's a muck. No respect, no disrespect intended. Then he's obviously got the bit between his teeth for this sort of thing. And he got a level of acclaim. I think a lot of people are excited to see what he can do. Um, he signed per the Observer in June 2023. Yes, I have just um, read his Wikipedia page out. <laughs> so he's pretty much ready to go. And this is traditionally the role for a wrestler like that, who's got his limitations, got a, got a, a, a low ceiling, given that you know he's that big for this modern era. But it's the perfect way to introduce him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's the, I think it's the right result, and it's the only way to do it with yeah. Hook. I, I, you know, I do think there is an arguably an arguably an excuse of the cold hearted, handsome devil Hevel. <laughs> What's a Hevel? <laughs> the cold hearted, handsome devil Hook. There we go. Has let his emotions finally get the better of him because he's constant. Can we get? Hands on him. Are you fantasy booking that you get DQ for kicking too much ass? No, but I'm saying that also has to be factored in to him just completely losing it. Not getting DQ'd, not getting rolled up because he put too much effort in a clothesline and woo woo. Like, <laughs> wacky hook. Hook <laughs> gets the Sean Stasiak role now within AW. You know, uh, but he, yeah, he gets so carried away that. Maybe he's the reason that the ref goes down. He's just throwing, take your head off. Jack Perry ducks, ref gets clobbered, and then, like you say, that giant lad comes in, or Big Bill, or Mark Henry, I don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you need a title change. I think also they may have sort of shown their hand on on Control Center by saying, there's only been five champions of yeah. the FDW Championship, and here they are. Give me a second. I think that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but I don't, unfortunately, think that uh, Jungle Boy Jack Jack Perry's new heater has ever had peace befell. So. <laughs> I've had peace befell. Um, arguably, that could be it. <laughs> that's all that's advertised at the time of recording. Keep right? talking. I'll go on Twitter just in case. Yeah, you have a quick look, but... At the time of recording, they've made the graphic, and there's just three things on there, which seems weird for a dynamite. But let's not forget, this is a blood and guts dynamite. So obviously, that's arguably the entire second hour. Like you say, I think you're going to get the graphic in the corner, maybe as Mox and the gang are coming through the crowd or whatever. So I think the second hour's taken up. But will there be time for anything else on this show? And will there be a women's match? Uh oh, your eyes have lit up. Well, there's some breaking news about Tony Khan. What? Nothing bad. Oh, okay. But it's nothing to do with all elite wrestling. He knows what he's doing here. Fulham owner Tony Khan on Saudi Arabia's transfer recruitment. <laughs> For those unaware, the PIF have bought four Saudi-based clubs and are not bound to FFP because that's a UEFA thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, And they're basically trying to lure lots of top talent they want to, Mitros from to Fulham. the Saudi. Yeah. They, they want Mitro. This is a quote from Tony Khan. It's amazing. If you have enough money, you can get away with anything, including murder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a worker. Um, now, I've not read this interview. Someone could have been taking the piss. I'm just scrolling through Twitter. Seriously, only to look in case they've announced um, a women's match bef in the period between we pressed record now, and they haven't, but I suspect they will. Mm. Well, quick, before we get into that, because of... Uh with no ladies' night with no Michael Hamlet, of course. Uh, so Michael Sidgwick Street could still continue next week. And I, I think his schedule's going to go a bit all over the place with a six weeks holiday here in the UK, I'm afraid, guys. But anyway, uh, shout out to Alexander McGarry, who sent me an email uh, regarding AW Rampage. Dead to us now, of course, which is annoying because they've got Royal Rampage coming up this week. But uh, apparently there was uh, two women's matches. On that show. One of them is 24 seconds. And Rampage no longer exists in our minds or hearts. But thank you for your email. Uh, Ty Valkyrie squash and, yeah, Willow versus the Athena, the, the Owen Hart Cup semi-final. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, Alexander's got it right. 
That, Tony Connors put two women's matches on one show, but you don't cover it now, so does it count? It's the, the tree for falling in the woods. Yes. Uh, and it was 24 freaking seconds, and so no, it doesn't. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are great. It's good to hear you keeping the Michaels in line. I really just sort of introduced the next talking point and let him go, to be honest. Um, but we would like to see a women's match on this show. Of course we would. Even if it's a, a relatively short match. Ten minutes of Statlander, Emi Sakura, thank you. Yeah, we, and we want it to be a Chris Statlander match because you haven't, you haven't seen a in July wrestle, I don't think, within AEW. Last time we saw her, I think, was working Lady Frost on Collision at the end of last month. And I appreciate some storytelling for future opponents for the likes of Tony Storm. Maybe someone who hasn't just lost another title feud, but still. Uh, Tony Storm and Chris Statlander. But for the time being, Chris Statlander say, hey, it's a big show. I like doing open challenge title defences. Who fancies it? And yeah, who better than Emi Sakura? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, obviously Tony Storm, Jamie Hayer match down the road. But they can, they don't have to be just hoid on with, with no build. But I'd like to see a women's match on this show. And yeah, Emi Sakura and, and, uh, and Chris Statlander, who's been great since coming back. Oh, different gravy. Could, could, could really put something on here. Just... Just the intrigue of what they're going to do with two rings, potentially, you know, if you want to do that sort of thing. I don't know, but... Again. Something, please. Should put Phoenix in an undercard match? I've been saying this since 2021. You have. Put Phoenix on an undercard Dynamite Blood and Guts match. There's two friggin' sets of ropes. Phoenix Commander Vikingo versus literally anyone. Yeah. But I'd like to see a Chris Stalin match. Do you think anything else is going to be hoid on? Any squashes or anything like that? No, I need to go home. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite Blood and Guts. Uh, on <laughs> Dickhead. On Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. NXT Review is available right now. load of fun doing that earlier on today. Uh, and me and the Dadleys will be back tomorrow to review all of this. Um, but for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.